Hi, and welcome to the Yes Podcast. Here, we share a collection of real stories told by real people who have said, I am yes. I am young enough to serve. We hope these stories and the lessons in them encourage you and challenge you to get involved in kingdom work in your church, neighborhood, and life. Welcome to Yes. Hi, this is Judy Popinowick, and today I am doing this podcast from my new podcast office. So I just wanted to tell you a little bit about how this came to be. My husband Wes and I are empty nesters, and so I've been dabbling in podcasting, but to try and get everything set up and then put it all back in its little suitcase and get it out was tad bit of a hassle, like a sewing machine and other craft things. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if I had a designated place in our home that I could use just to have my podcasting stuff easily available and set out when I need it out? And alas, I came up with a great idea, I think. That is my daughter's closet. So now that, again, we're empty nesters and she's not living here, it's like, oh man, I could use her office so or her closet. So I have transformed her closet, which has a view out, a tiny little view out to the gorgeous redwoods. So I'm in my new podcast office and I'm feeling pretty excited about that and very, very grateful. So today, welcome my first interview from my podcast office. Well, I am so excited today to introduce you to a friend that I have had for quite a few years, Linda. I cannot believe it. We met in college, and I'm just thinking that was a few years ago, and today I went and looked at the yearbook. Linda, Uh we met 46 years ago. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? I don't think I even want to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry to start this on such a depressing note. Uh, I met uh, Linda and her now husband, Fauzi, 46 Uh years ago Uh in college. And now, 46 years later, and it's just been so exciting to follow some of the journey where God has led you and Fauzi. And Uh you've been married for how long? 45 years. Uh, I actually started at Bethany 47 years ago after our sophomore year. Fauzi and I got married. 45 years. So if you were going to offer some marital advice to young people, what would you say? Well, I probably would shock and surprise them, and this might be because of my years in Africa, but I think it's very important that young people understand that marriage is so much more then romance and a honeymoon in Hawaii and date night. Hmm. It's actually a kind of a contract and it's kind of a work agreement where each agrees to work to help the other succeed. Hmm. Which means when the wife is sick, the husband cooks. And when the husband is sick, the wife drives the kids to school. And it's hard work and helping the other person's gifts flourish and just agreeing to be there for each other for the rest of your lives. And it is the most productive but most hardworking relationship you'll ever have. And it brings so much joy, so much blessing if you make someone else, help someone else 
to succeed and thrive and look I good. Love that. that is so great and so true. I feel so blessed mm-hmm. to have, you know, I'm married to my best friend and next week, Wes and I will celebrate 35 years of marriage. So you have a few years on it. You guys got married as oh. children, right? <laughs> we were babies. <laughs> so Linda, can you tell us a little bit, I realize that there are a lot of things that you, you can't share as far as your, your work in, in Mali, West Africa, but share with uh-huh. us some of what you, you have accomplished there. Okay. Well, let me first say that even though we went as missionaries, God knew that we would be learning a lot. And for anybody who's contemplating short-term or long-term missions, I just want to warn them right off the top Mm -hmm. that when you enter a different culture, a different country, and a different language, you are initially going to be overwhelmed with everything seeming to be so different. I went and they were all speaking French and Bambara and the weather was very hot and wet or very hot and dry. And I thought the food was weird at first and Uh then I learned to love it. And Mm. so I was going through all kinds of mind-blowing culture shock, cross-cultural experiences. And then I was learning that, oh, there's a right way to sit and a wrong way. There's a right way to greet and a wrong way to address an elder and I began to feel like an awkward teenager Mm. as I struggled to learn how to be normal in this new culture. Yeah, that had to be hard. Yeah, so feeling gauche, feeling awkward is a normal experience when you do cross-cultural ministry. I wanted to say that to anybody who's listening. Get over it. (laughs) It's one of the prices you pay. It's a price that nobody in the churches in America see or understand, but you will understand. Mm. In Africa, it was so hot that I was only able to probably give 65 to 75% effort compared to how hard I can work in America. I accept it. It's a, it's a price I pay to be there. And I learned after a time that these cross-cultural issues were actually comparatively to what my mission was comparatively superficial. And I didn't want to get distracted with those or be on the defensive as I struggled to accommodate new cultures. Instead, I wanted to wake up on the offensive in an, in an optimistic way, wake up every morning and say, God, I'm ready to speak into anybody's life who will listen. I'm ready to introduce Jesus to anybody who's open to that. Oh, Linda, so it's an important step to take. Mm, that is so good, Linda. <laughs> wow, seriously, that is just absolutely wonderful. Just your whole mindset and everything. Because, you know, sometimes I think we think of missionaries in other countries, you, you, we think of the work that they're doing and, you know, mm-hmm, maybe we mm-hmm. see like a big picture, but that day-to-day, the nitty-gritty of life and how mm-hmm. you're making this fit and tie into who you are, that's, that's really oh, special. Oh, we, we, we have done all kinds of missionary work, preaching, teaching, teaching in the Bible schools. I've worked with women. I did kids' camps. I did puppets. I taught English and typing and the books of Ruth and Esther and church history in the Bible schools. We did all those things, but this was where we were actually struggling to Mm. be healthy. 
was more in accommodating their culture to the best of our ability as far as we could go and not falling back into a defensive position but saying, hey, I love you, I love Jesus, I want to introduce you to someone who's amazing and move beyond differences to our huge common denominator. I think there's something that anybody who's contemplating overseas missions should understand. Do you mind if I share my idea of what our huge common denominator is with any other culture we go into? Please do. Okay. If you look at the Bible, the Bible is entirely a book about relationships. What is our relationship with God? Right. How is our relationship with God's people? How do we relate to everybody else, including enemies? And so underneath all of these languages and cultures and norms and what's right and wrong in their cultures, you always find people who are anxious because they know they have messed up their relationships with family, with friends, with neighbors, with bosses, with important people. And some of them will admit they're not in good shape with God either. So that's where we come in. We may not do the best with language or with wearing African clothes or eating with our hands. We might not do that great. But we, when we come to Africa, when we come to Mali, when we come to West Africa, we have had this amazing experience of meeting this man named Jesus. And we threw ourselves at his feet and we begged for his forgiveness and to all our amazements, he smiled warmly, he mm. forgave us, he took us in his arms, and now we have had the most important life relationship healed. And we can share that good news with anybody who will listen to us. Every tribe, every nation, every language. We come eager to share our Jesus who will help them solve all their relational problems. Wow, Linda, this is so beautiful. I love I love your spirit and your enthusiasm and just that you and Fauzi have been there to make an impact for the kingdom. And I love the whole, just the relational aspect of what you're doing. And I'm sure Absolutely. at first, like you said, it was so hard just getting caught up in the customs and traditions. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But when that breaks down and you're just loving people in the name uh-huh. of Jesus... So you're there in Mali, you have this incredible outreach, and I know that Fauzi has just a a ministry in working with digging wells for people, and there are so many ministries Mm -hmm. that are behind him and that effort Mm -hmm. and helping to provide clean and pure water and help this to, you know, be sustainable to the people. So you're right in the throes of of doing all that you feel called Mm -hmm. to do. And then Mm -hmm. tell our listeners about the phone call that you got from your dad a few years ago. Oh, well. Who lives in the States, I might add. (laughs) uh, I have a sister in Oregon. I have a brother who was then in North Dakota. And my dad called me in Bamako, Mali, West Africa, and said, Linda, he said, Mom has fallen and broken both her arms. And he said, would you please come home and take care of us? And I said, I will be on a plane in 24 hours. I'll get there. So I was eager to come to their rescue. I had already planned to come home for shoulder surgery, which I postponed. And uh, my husband totally espouses. He believes as strongly as I do, or more so, 
in families taking care of their elderly. And so he put me on a plane. He supported me wholeheartedly. And my decision to come was a bit unique in that we had circumstances on the mission field that had required us to step back from some of our routine activities, and everybody was scrambling to find new ways to serve in Mali. And I just felt like right then and there, God had said to me, Mm. this is your new ministry, Linda. It's caregiving. Mm. This is your new calling. It's a new season in your life. And I had my husband's blessing and encouragement, and I flew home to be with my dad. And I've been with dad, and I was with them when mom passed away, so I stayed on longer than intended. But the mission has worked with us, and I have 100% loved serving and caring for my father. I have such peace that this is God's will for my life right now. And you told me that when you got that call from your dad, that your dad had never asked you to do anything for them in his whole life. In his life. That is absolutely true. My dad is quiet and gentle. He has loved us, served us. He's put us in piano lessons. He's taken us on vacations. He taught us how to drive. My dad never in my life asked anything of me, and I just could not say no at that time. It was so meaningful to me that he asked me to come home and take care of him. Well, your dad was one of my professors at college, and I have four brothers, as you know, and uh-huh, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure that all of them had Ray Tillis as uh, one of their <laughs> professors. So no doubt, <laughs> such a love and respected man by so many, yes. just a real, yep. real gentleman. And yes. I know the yep. other day when I went over to your house and your dad's house and just how you are so attentive to your dad and... Linda, it just absolutely touches me to the core. I mean, you know, times to have your dad, you know, say now, wait, I don't, you know, I don't remember that. Or, oh, did I really do that? Or, oh, did I really Uh say Uh that in class? Or, Uh you know, something Uh like that. And Uh just to see how patient you are with him and to know that this is obviously a new chapter in his life and a new chapter Uh in your life. Uh But I love how you see this caretaking of your dad Uh every Uh bit as important as any work that you will or have done in absolutely Maui Africa you Uh know and I Uh believe that there are so many you know in the boomer generation that are serving their aging parents and Uh I just Uh want you to just be a word of encouragement to them just to let them know Uh how important this is totally totally it is divine called ministry. I don't know how to say it. I just, I have, I feel as honored of God to be here doing this as I ever did preaching and teaching and and working with women and children's church in Africa. It is as important, totally. Well, thank you, Linda, for just, I mean, I'm not the one that has, I know, thank you for taking care of your dad, but just on behalf (laughs) of just so many Christians that just, we admire you and so many like you that are out there taking care of their their parents and Uh and sometimes Uh just putting parts of their life on hold to do what is just so important. Uh in the kingdom. Uh So since you have been home now for a couple of years, I've also been just really impressed, Linda, with whether it's through yes or Uh things that you find on your own, just ways Uh that you are connecting with the younger generation. I know like just 
today you were teaching, giving your granddaughter a French lesson via Skype. Yes. And so we had to yeah. work this interview around that. But I love, yeah. Linda, how you are always looking for ways and most recently how you connected with one of the young high school students through, yes, connecting yes. older adults uh -huh. through with youth groups. So can you just uh -huh. tell a little bit, maybe without naming her name, but just how sure. that relationship is going with the young high school girl? Well, uh, we were encouraged. Actually, she was junior high. She just graduated. We were encouraged from our seniors groups to connect with these junior high or high school kids. And, and I was put with a, a lovely young gal. And I, how can I say it? I offered to be an additional grandma figure or mother figure in her life and that I wanted to just kind of develop a relationship with her. So, of course, I needed to meet her family, meet her mother, and we met at a bakery and had an hour and a half visit and laughed and talked, and they got to know me a little bit because, of course, I was ever so gently inserting myself into a very busy, extended, blended family, and they needed to know me and trust me if I was going to meet with her once in a while. And so I got over that first threshold and got the mom's approval to have spend time with her daughter. And uh, before graduation, I took her daughter to the mall and we did a little shopping and ate Chinese food and, and had a lot of fun. And I'm there um, poised. I think this is something that God expects all of us as his followers. I'm poised to speak into a situation if a door opens. Right. I want to laugh with her, talk with her, learn more about her life. And if there is a situation, a trial, a crisis, a question, a curiosity, I want to be there to speak for the Lord into her life and into her extended family's life. Absolutely. Um, so I'm just poised, ready to be more than a grandma figure if I can be. I have invited her to ask me questions, and I'm just trying to make it possible for her to lean on me or get to know me better. And in all of this, may she see Jesus in me. May mm. she see strength and wisdom in me. And if something comes up and she says, I need an answer to this question, I want to be there for her. Linda, thank you. And I know I've already heard from the girl that I get to be a friendship partner with, but I've already heard from her and from others just how cool you are and how much these young people love you. And I just, oh, it just oh, means so you. much to have someone out, someone like you out there on the front lines because uh, there are some of these young people and not, not obviously in just the youth group in our home church, but I think that mm -hmm. youth groups throughout mm -hmm. where they are, they are not coming from Christian homes and mm -hmm. the, the, mm -hmm. the soil is so ripe in their families of having someone yes spiritually in their lives to, to be there for them and to speak into yes. their lives. So I just mm -hmm. pray that God will give you wisdom as those doors continue to open. Yes. But thank you, Linda. Mm -hmm. Thank you for just exuding with the love of Jesus. And, oh, thank um, you. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I just really appreciate you giving us some time this thank afternoon. You. And I wonder just in closing, if um, I could ask you just to say a prayer for anyone Absolutely. that's listening, that God will just bless them, please. Absolutely. I would love to. Lord, I remember when I was little, I was timid, easily frightened, and self-conscious. But that didn't stop you from kindly and tenderly and steadily moving me into life and love and service. And that is your will 
for anybody and everybody who's listening to this podcast. You want to take all of us and our lives to flourish and we, us to serve with the family of God and to be a blessing and a help in the same way that you loved and blessed us. You want us to turn around and be a blessing to others. I pray that for everyone who's listening today, that they would say, I want to step up. I want to do something. I want to get involved. I want my hands and feet and heart and mouth to serve you, Lord, and to make a difference for the better in somebody's life. That's my prayer, Lord Jesus, today for anybody and everybody listening. Thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Linda. I love you for You're so welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Yes Podcast. If you are interested in getting involved with Yes or would simply like more information about this ministry, we welcome you to visit our website at yes2serve.org.